Most of the time, we're trying to impress the people that we were meant to impact. Always fear the quietest men in the room. Remember the people who sacrifice to make your journey possible. Inspiration is something that you do that keeps you hungry. The biggest failure is to succeed in a life that's not you. Welcome back to another powerful episode of the Mindset Podcast. I'm your co-host Gabriel and every episode we bring you a dose of inspiration, wisdom and compelling stories that are sure to take your mindset to the next level. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Stay tuned. But uh, what's up everyone and welcome to another episode of the Mindset Podcast. Today it is a pleasure we have with ourselves Dan Churchill uh the aussie himself uh dan i don't even know how to begin introdu- introducing you you are a performance chef you co-founded charlie street in new york city and if any of our new york listeners I'm, I'm sure they're familiar with your with your work but uh i don't even want to try because you have so many things going on but welcome to the show brother mate it's an absolute honor to be here bro yeah uh, it's yeah i'm an aussie chef obviously obviously a performance chef probably the best way to just note it man but uh most importantly i'm stoked to be there with you guys Awesome. No, thank you again for taking the time out. Um, as we were talking off uh, off air just a minute ago, these first two questions are always the, the fun ones. And, you know, <laughs> we've never had a chef like you on our show before. So this is definitely a treat. And I I love to cook um, as a hobby. Of, I, I wouldn't say I'm a chef by any means, um, but me and my girlfriend love to chop it up in the kitchen. So even asking myself this question is pretty tough. But you as a chef, with all the things you've been able to do, all the different dishes you've been able to cook up, what has been your favorite dish to to cook up in the kitchen? What's the funnest, maybe? Dude, it's so funny, man, because like I could I could whip out some elaborate thing or some, you know, fine dining dish that I've come up with that you know, would get me three stars and, um, you know, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, I'm, I hate to be a buzzkill. Like my favorite thing to cook is my spaghetti bolognese, pasta from scratch. Mm. Um, like there's a romantic way to the different steps that you cook down the, the sauce. Um, you know, you brown off the, the respective meat or whatever protein you're using. And it's just mm. like, to me, it, it I think food does a wonderful thing. Yes, it's got to taste amazing, but mm-hmm. it, it, it definitely interacts with your sensory and mem- memory net senses as well. And so when I look at like growing up and like wanting to roll pasta, and I see that awesome, that action. Uh, and then I look at source creations and then at the taste and like the way of Italian flair, to me, that means so much to me that spaghetti bolognese, the particular one that I make, is always going to be that dish that uh, stands out. I know it's weird. Mm. It's like, oh, expecting some like, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, twenty-one step dish, but no, it's yeah. it's actually that. <laughs> yeah, the, the simple dish, right? By surprise, everybody thinks it's some elaborate thing that you would say, but it's actually pretty simple. And you know, then the, the Gabe and I, we're we're foodies. We love to enjoy food, and and what I've noticed is that it's really an experience. It's not so much just here's a piece of meat or here's a piece of chicken. No, it's the, the culinary experience, the way it looks, the way it feels. It's a whole science to it. And that's why I give so much. I admire chefs like you so much because it, people sometimes think it's easy. Oh, just slap it, put it in the microwave, call it a day, put it on the pan. But it's what you're doing, Dan, at, at your level, it's just infusing so many different cultures and, and methods. It's remarkable. I'm sure the best feeling you probably get is when you see somebody taste your food 
and they love it, right? They have a smile on their face. So tell us a little bit about that. How is it when you see somebody taste your food and it blows them away? Oh, I do. Yeah, without a doubt. It's like you can't put you cannot put money on that. You cannot put money. the only way it could be better is if it's like over a meal with a family member that is so special to you that it can like combined makes them think of a memory growing up together or like a particular happy moment together. So like that that is that is just such an amazing experience as a chef. And I, I I'll say this openly. It's like everyone listening in is going to restaurants and I'm sure most of the time they go out to dinner, the response they're going to give to the you know front of house uh, staff or the captain is, how was your meal? It's like, oh, it was amazing. Awesome. So most of the time you go out to these places, it's incredible. But how often do you remember the meal when you're talking about where people should go for dinner? And I'll tell you this, the ones that are memorable are the ones that evoke memory and emotion and some sort of storytelling. And that's the reason what separates a great restaurant and a really incredible meal. Because like, ultimately, if you're someone who's putting out good dishes, everyone can do that. But if you can execute it with a story that relates to customers, it's, it's where you win. So for me, when I'm putting out a dish and working with my team, it's like, okay, guys, give me, give me, you know, three dishes you want to put out in the next two weeks. And so we'll sit down, we'll think about it and we'll come up with three dishes in the day. I'm like, they're all amazing. Flavor profiles. Awesome. Now tell me the story as to why you created those dishes. And so they're learning that the important part is actually like the connection between not only themselves, but the customer to the food, because that's what's really going to resonate, right? So, um, and that's where we were saying earlier, Anthony, is like that connection, seeing that realization, it's like, yes, the flavor's there, but it's like, it's like that moment that you shared with say your mom, your grandma, your sister, your brother, or like your loved one for the first time you're at dinner and all of a sudden like, remember that time that we, this is like that. And they're like, oh, that's where you win. That is actually where you win. Yeah, I I see cooking again. I see I see making food cooking as like an art form because that's that's really what it is. Like Anthony mentioned, it's not just something here. Here's just to, to fill your tummy. No, I think especially with what you do and you know on your point, ba- kind of telling that story. If you if you listen to any artist tell their story about why they created this art piece or an artist that you know created a song and why they created that song there's always a story behind it. And I, I feel like they don't give chefs enough credit for that storytelling aspect. And I think that's something that you do so well. Thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate no. it. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely something that we learn, particularly with content now and how important that is to be a yeah. storyteller. Um, but yeah, today, you know, it's uh, constantly going to be evolutioning the chef game. <laughs> Absolutely. So our, our next question of our little lightning round here before we get into the meat of things is you have... A podcast as well we love our fellow podcasters the epic table podcast i love the name just just from the sound of it it's it's making me excited but this is always an interesting question to ask people with a podcast because it's kind of like asking like who's like your favorite child right or who's your favorite kid but now if you have 100 episodes you got 100 people to choose from and it's always it's always a stumper for anthony and i when we get asked that question so i want to relay that question to you um, out of all the episodes that you've recorded on the Epic Table podcast, which one stands out the most to you and which has been your favorite guest? Well, that's a great question, man. Um, I would say that my, my favorite episode is the one that my listeners personally connected with the most. And I mean that because each episode 
there's going to be a different form of connection, whether you're talking about sleep, when you're learning about nutrition, whether or not you're just inspired by an athlete I have on. Each person's going to be connected specifically more than someone else. So that's why I'll say my favorite episode is when my listeners who are listening at the time are so in on that episode. Personally, the one that I think has probably had one of the most impact is we listen to the likes of Rich Roll, Andrew Huberman, uh, Darren Olin. Like we've got some amazing guests on there. The ones that, and, and they all are incredible. And like Dr. B on gut health, I cannot tell you, like that guy's been on like two times. He's like one of my bros now. And this is what's like, even Nick Bear, like having him on and listening to him and his mindset around changing things from eating for aesthetic to performance was a game changer for him. I think there's always nuggets from each episode. I was always just astounded at how much people responded to a dear friend of mine, Camilla Basley. She's like my, she's actually my running coach and she suffered um, from an eating disorder early on. And if you knew coach now, you would not suspect it. She's a beautiful person and she's like the perfect role model and ambassador for um, having, you know, having an eating disorder. It's a very common thing, more common in guys because we have this mask of masculinity that we just don't want to overcome and we feel like we just don't want to tell anyone about it, but it's very common. And I think from that episode, I saw more responses from people about the genuine openness of coach and how she was just such an inspiring individual around a topic that doesn't get talked about enough. So personally, that will, it's not, I wouldn't say it's, it's my favorite, it's because all of them in some way I get nuggets of gold from and even lesser known people like I always win something. It was de definitely special to me to sit down with my closest mates um, and, and have someone tell a story that is so genuine that has such an impact and it's original, but people should be mm -hmm. talking more about it for sure. Mm -hmm. And, and Dan, I'm sure you feel the same way that Gabe and I feel that every single time we have a guest, we learn as much as our listeners do. I mean, we're floored. You know, Gabe and I a lot of times stay after we record and we're like, oh my gosh, did, did you hear when he said that? And here, look, look at these notes that I got on my phone. Like, you know, being podcasters has really opened a lot of opportunities for us, as I'm sure it did for you. And it kind of gives you, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're doing something good for the listeners, right? That, that conversation that they otherwise wouldn't have heard. And you're right. You know, so a lot of times we have conversations with folks about things that are maybe you know, people don't talk about too often that are kind of, you know, hidden in our society that we talk about it here openly on the podcast. And then our listeners are like, wow, you know, thank you so much for talking about that. I was, I thought I was the only one going through that pain, going through that st struggle, going through depression. And of course, when you feel like you're the only one going through it, although it's not true, you feel like you're the only one, you know, it's hard at times to overcome those barriers. So here at the Mindset Podcast, we like to kind of bring everything out into the light, talk about those uncomfortable uh, experiences sometimes so that people can say, hey, it's not just me. I heard Dan talk about this that he went through, this failure. Yeah, look how successful he is. I can do it too. And that's the point of, of us. And I'm sure for you, Dan, you have the same goal of of trying to do that too. And uh, that's awesome. How many episodes do you have so far? Uh, we're up to about 100 and, geez, 120, 120 now. But yeah, to your point, wow. man, like Wow. I think the, this is a, like my podcast is selfish. Like I'll be straight up. It's selfish mm. because I get guests on that I'm super interested in their topics and I know yeah. that my listeners are right. So it's like, if I'm interested, then my listeners are going to be like, oh, that's cool. Cause I'm a messenger for my listeners. Right. Yeah. In the day, exactly. if like I, I ask the questions that I don't know, I may know, mm. but not, but my listeners may not. 
I'm acting in their best interests by getting these people on. So these are, these are topics I love, these things I'm interested in, I want to dive into and get in the weeds. And so by me personally being um, interested in the topics, I get to do an MBA every single week. I tell my girlfriend, she's doing an MBA right now. And I'm like, Hey babe, she's like, she's like, I'm doing an MBA. I'm like, so am I, I get to do this research (laughs) this person. I go new one every single week. So, but yeah, yeah, man. And to the second part of that point, Anthony, it's like that, that, being able to be that person for your listeners and even mm. for the guest, mm-hmm. it's a skill. And, mm. you know, credit to both you guys who have the ability to make a, a very comfortable, uncomfortable question comfortable to answer. Mm. And that's the, mm. that's what a really good, that's what separates a good podcast host from a yeah. great one. Because if yeah. you can make your guest, who you may not have met prior to sitting down or you may not know much about prior to researching, but you have the ability to ask a question that is uncomfortable and have them give you a genuine answer because you have the ability to make them feel comfortable, which is a very mm-hmm. good skill to have. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, we love, um, that's why we love so much, you know, working with and having hosts like yourself that are podcasters because it flows better. We, we both understand each other. And, yeah. and to that point too, and, you know, Gabe and I, we talk a lot about our passions, right? What, what, what do we want to, what do we want to do out of this life? Because we, we understand we have just one shot. So that's part of the reason Gabe and I started this podcast to figure out what are our passions? You know, what can we learn from one another? What can we learn from our guests? And I know a lot of our listeners, because a lot of our listeners are college students, just finishing college, going into the workforce, and they're a pivotal time in their lives where they're trying to find out, okay, what am I going to do? What, what am I passionate about? How can I combine my passion to make money, to make a living? And I know you have a master's in exercise science. So, you know, I'm going to give propose a question to you. At, at what point did you realize that you can blend your passion of cooking and being such a, a an excellent person in cooking and making great dishes? How did you combine that passion with your master's in exercise science and, and make a career out of it? How, how did that come along? Yeah, dude, this is awesome because I feel I feel there's like a stigma around you have to go to college. You have to know what you want to do when you finish college and you have to get that job that is so perfect for you to create the foundation for your growth professionally. And I'm here to say that that may have been the case 40 years ago, but right now the world is your oyster with opportunities within an industry you don't even know exists yet, but you could be the person who leads that industry. And so let me take this back for the purpose of this conversation is when I finished my high school degree, I still didn't know what I wanted to do, like majority of the world. But I decided to follow my passion, which is sport. I love sport. So I went and did an exercise science degree, right? So I did my undergraduate. Once I finished my undergraduate, I was like, okay, I want to know even more about the human body and how the body performs. So I went and did a master's in exercise science. And we had strength and conditioning and nutrition as a focus point. So I followed a path that I was genuinely interested in. And so whether or not I could turn it into a career, I was passionate about it. And what we continue to see day in, day out is people who are passionate about something generally lead to success. You look at Elon Musk, the bloke is passionate about SpaceX and Tesla, right? You know, I don't know anyone else in this world who can have two companies running as successfully as he has done, uh, but not, and, and like he's been so passionate and gun ho on him, right? He's, he's he, you know, that is an example of passion. Same with the likes of Apple. You know, you look at Steve Jobs, incredible human, Richard Branson. Now I'm talking about people who have obviously, you know, we all know as great leaders, but then you look at even the chef world, you know, you look at all the amazing chefs who have passionately led 
starting on hourly wages to now becoming very successful. Why? Because they're passionate about the food. You'll get into an industry. If you want to get into an industry to make money, if money is your passion, I'm sure you can find multiple ways to do it. But if you're passionate about what you're doing and it leads to money, that's where you're going to win, right? I think that's where the success just happens to be. For me, there's definitely not a lot of money when I was starting out in the industry I was in. In fact, there was no performance chefs. I became a chef because I wrote recipes for athletes in um, when I was doing internships at, uh, at some rugby league and rugby union codes. And as a result of them actually cooking those because they weren't cooking the ones the nutritionist was providing them, I was like, I'm going to create more. And then I created a cookbook, a self-published cookbook. And I did that. And then due to that success, I was getting media attention. I'm like, well, if I'm going to be a chef, I better do be chef. Like, so I had to go do restaurant stuff. And eventually like, you know, work many, many years in a restaurant before I, um, before moving over here. But my point is I led with passion. I loved cooking since I was 11 years old. I love sport every day. I get up. First thing I look at is ESPN. Just I love it. It's just the way I love to understand notes, right? Straight up. Why I love eating. I love food. I love going to the markets. I love looking at little things on fruits to see how different they are. Not everyone's, some people, if they're not detail oriented on everything, it's fine. The detail oriented on, I don't know, vacuuming the floor maybe they're going to be really passionate about cleaning i don't know just saying there could be a job there for you doing that but my point is lead with passion so going back to what you first said the industry that we are now in does not mean it's going to still be here in five years look at the way we're seeing crypto now crypto i don't know much about we do know is it's going in a certain direction but years ago it was in a great direction and it could go back i'm just saying we just don't know what we do know is if you lead with passion it will lead to opportunities that didn't exist when you first started that passion that's all i'll say for that point does that make sense yeah 100 percent. i think i think your story again going back to to what you were saying and again kudos to any chef because i know a couple of buddies of mine that have been wanting to be chefs or start restaurants and i know that that business is not easy to get into. You're not going to be making a lot of money, you know, to, to begin with. And you were mentioning how when you were in your internship, you know, creating these recipes for athletes and, and kind of getting your start there and getting some some media attention. I know you were on Good Morning America. You got some some Australian uh, media on you as well. That's kind of where your stardom, I guess, could have could have began. But how difficult was it for you? Like, how scary was it to put yourself out there like that? Like, now the world is looking at you with all these eyes, all these cameras. You know, you can't turn back now. Was there any doubt in your mind that you would you you would maybe have to turn back one day? Or was that like, what, what was just going through your mind during that time? Yeah, so I jumped from Australia to America, right? And that's like, it's kind of a big deal, but didn't realize it at the time. Put it down to my young naivety but like effectively i i didn't think much of it at the time like oh cool i'm going to america i'm going to cook i'm going to have some like super naive as i look back now i'm like holy shit, that is pretty scary stuff right think about it but i think i was so focused and and i still to this day i was like i was i so believed what i could do i really did like i knew that no one in this world yet could have the way they could speak to athletes or everyday people about food in a related manner, make food super sexy, but tackle this health industry. That was just the way I looked at it. And it, that's just genuine confidence. And I learned to be confident in America, whereas in Australia, you have to be like, you have to play it down a little bit. We can talk about tall poppy syndrome if we want to, but yeah, <laughs> I just, at the time I was like, this is, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to do it. And I had a platform. We laid a platform here and we just continue to, you know, 
chip away at it every single day. And yeah, it's tough, man. Like it's when I first got here, no one knew me. No one absolutely not knew me. And it's like you went from being somewhat of a star or like well-known person in Australia to coming to an even bigger place and, you you know, like it's hard to do stuff. So I'm like, cool, all right, it looks like I'm starting again and just doing – you know, things to make sure I build my brand. And I did that. I started with, you know, events and just cooking classes and things like that, content, rinse and repeat. And you find yourself as you be consistent with what you were doing, whether it be content events or just even, you know, I'm thinking of your respective industries coming out of that. If, if people coming out of their, uh, you know, they, their uh, degrees and they're looking at what they want to do, if you're consistent with what you do and you perform well and you're consistent at that, you're just going to keep excelling. And that's what happens. And now I look back and I'm like, I have a network of absolute legends. Like I, I speak with NBA players almost every second day. I meet up with the likes of like Nick is a friend of mine. Like people text me all the time about that kind of stuff. I'm just like, you know, it, I, I am blessed. I am worked hard. And as Nick says, I went one more every single day and continue to go one more every single day. But like you surround yourself with people that make you greater through the consistency of the work that you put in. And if you deserve to be there, if you personally believe you deserve to be there, you will, you will be there. That's uh, that's how I believe. Yeah. You know, we, we often ask our guests, we're like, okay, help us understand why is it that, you know, a lot of people aren't, you know, so successful. Like what, what, cause we're, we're, what we're trying to discover is, is Dan, what, what's, What's the roadblock that everybody's facing? Because of course, every you know, I love this saying by Eric Thomas, everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do what beasts do. Right? Everybody wants to be a championship winner. Everybody wants to be a famous chef. Everybody wants to be a multi-million dollar uh, real estate agent. Everybody wants it. Everybody says it, you know, on their on Instagram bio, oh, entrepreneur. Right? Everybody wants this, but from this huge pool of millions and millions of people that want it to the people that actually get it done. It's a very small circle and it's a very lonely place to be at the top because there's not many people there. And a lot of times, I think you your answer to this, but I'll, I'll propose it to you anyway, but the answer a lot of times is people are just not consistent enough. Uh, what would be your, your answer to that based on your experience, maybe friends you've had that had a great admiration, had a great goals, a lot of potential, maybe while you were in high school, but that today, you know, 10, 15 years later, they're just not there. What do you think that roadblock is? Um, okay. This is, uh, this is going to sound obvious, but hopefully the people, particularly if you're at the gym and you're putting down your set after, you know, smashing out some sort of chest best or whatever you're, what you're currently doing, hopefully this fires you up because what I'm about to tell you is not secret sauce, but it is very achievable by everyone. The difference between people who are able to succeed versus say who want to succeed is action. Simply put. I said, I'm going to move to America. Check. I said, I'm going to start creating content consistently. Check. I was going to onboard a creative team. Check. I'm going to open a restaurant. Check. I'm going to build a studio kitchen in my restaurant. Check. I say stuff and I do it, right? Do I have failures along the way? Absolutely. For every one of those checks, there's probably five failures. Nick, I'm going to hit a 248 marathon, a 250 marathon in Buffalo. And he put a plan in place, he executed the plan, and then on the day of his marathon, he did a 248. People like that are just action. 
Action, 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 action. So for those listening in the gym right now, crushing your set, here's what I want you to do. You're so fired up right now. I'm loving that. You got the heat, you got the energy. I want you to finish that set, finish your gym session today. You're going to crush it. Take your protein shake, eat right, and then sit down with your notepad and think about things that you are going to crush and you're actually going to do it because that is the difference between you succeeding and the person next to you outdoing you, simply put. Yeah, that's so good. I think having that visualization, which is what you mentioned about having a journal, you know, pen to paper, like what is it that you're going to attain, right? And I think, you know, what you mentioned too, action is so important, but I want to even add on a second piece to that. And I think it attests to, to your story and your experience is consistency, right? Because a, a lot of friends of mine, a lot of people that have all these great ideas, they're like, oh, I'm going to move to America. And then what's next? Like, okay, like what do you, what else are you going to get to, you know, do to get to that place? Right. And they're like, oh, I have this great, great business idea. I'm going to, I'm going to do it, go at it for six months. And then six months comes around and they, they, they fail. Right. And, you know, again, to your story, just so many things that you had so many boundaries, so many hills you had to jump over, so many objectives you had to kind of climb over, but you were still able to, to stay consistent to your plan. Like moving to America, like you mentioned, that is is something that's a feat within itself like I, I can't even imagine being born and raised here in miami in south florida in in the u.s moving to a whole other country that i'm not acclimated to the culture to the people to to the society i don't know even at the age that i am now i don't know what i would do if i would even have you know the 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 courage to do that so i think people that are in your your profession and even in positions like you in different industries I think that within itself is something to be proud of, but also don't let it stop you from making making the next step. And I think that that's your story so well, you know. Dude, absolutely. Like the as I said, take action and then be consistent with it. Yeah. And you're gonna find like, you know, if you put a if you put a if you draw a line along a pen on a page, and for every single time you get a fail or a bump in the road, you're probably gonna be in the space of you know six inches, a hundred dots. Because there are going to be so many hurdles. Mm -hmm. But if you really want to get to where you want to be, you'll either jump it, push it over, go around it, whatever you need to do to achieve it. You know, um, I'm actually like, I'm, I'm, I'm a very driven person. You probably hear it in my voice. I'm actually very, if you guys watch my content, a very happy-go-lucky guy. And this is, well, the way I'm speaking right now is actually the way I'd speak to my team to drive them. But that's the kind of person I am as a leader. And so when I, when COVID happened, restaurants around the world, uh, one, one of many industries that really copped it, right? That was, that was shit, right? That was terrible. And you can sit back and go, well, this is screwed. I'm just going to wait to everything to happen. It's like, cool. You can be that person or you can be the person that gets up and does the hours you need to do to just be the next better person in the industry you're in. So be stay, take action and be consistent. That's it's simple as that. And it's simple in verbiage to actually do is like, well, am I going to get up at 5 a.m. and go for the run that I need to do before going to work? Well, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, it's, it's a lot it's a lot easier said than done. And, and I want to take kind of a left a left turn here. You've mentioned it a couple of times. And again, I think you do such a great job with this in your respective industry. But that's content. Uh, I think it's, you know, unwise for us to ignore what's going on. I think COVID sped up our society, our culture in terms of content by years. 
But what advice would you give someone? Because I know people right now, they're like, oh, I'm, I'll, I'll start creating content when I have a team, when I have a videographer, when I have the nice studio. You know, you said that you, you were creating content back in Australia when you got here. Like, you didn't have the fancy restaurant. You didn't have all the fancy things. What advice would you give to someone that is maybe a chef, uh, an artist, a creator that, you know, just to, for them to take that next step in creating content? Because, again, content is something that we simply cannot live without as, as we move forward in this culture. Yeah, dude, like I, I, content's key. Like it's, it helps provide awareness, drives, um, understand who you are. I can you know, tell a story and you know, everyone's like, Oh, I need, I need to have better equipment. I tell you right now, this iPhone is all you need to get started. Shoots 4k 60 frames per <laughs> second. That's all you need, right? That's right. You, yeah. you know, that's all you actually need. So that's, that's not an issue. Um, you do not need a team yet. You need to understand content yourself before you give it to a team. It's also a lot of money to pay someone else to do the job of your brand before you know your brand. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you if you do this, like I looked at, so we're growing our YouTube channel right now, right? We really started to push into it and lean into it a lot more. But if you go through YouTubers that you all know in the space, whatever it is, go look at their very first video. See how good that quality was. Did they just... Mm -hmm you know, wait till now to have the content quality they had or did they just start? Like I was looking at, I was looking at Nick's, so look, look at Nick's dude. Like I was looking at Brett Conti. I was looking at this guy called Jesse James West. Like it's crazy yeah. to see yeah. the very first video and you hear people like, I want the perfect, there's never the perfect thing. Just start, yeah. take action and learn. Be okay yeah. to fail. And that's, content's one of those things where you put it out there. So to the point now where I started by myself. I learned to take still shots. I learned to create the photos for cookbooks. That's great. So then when I have a team come on, at least like, and I'll say this before, like someone else's B is better than your F. And I mean that because I can't do everything. So it's better that I give someone else to do a job that's technically a B and then, then me do it when I don't give as much attention and make it an F. In realistic mm -hmm. terms though, it's getting to a position where these guys are much better than me because they devote the entire team, the entire task to one thing. So over time, my story goes, I did the content myself, eventually got some deals that allowed me to invest in people, particularly one person to start. Then after that one person got two, to the point now that I have like a, an agency, a little, little uh, food and lifestyle production company called The Epic Table, where not mm -hmm. only are you creating original content and branded content for me, but we're now doing third-party content for food and lifestyle brands, whether you're mm. an individual or food. Um, we, we now provide the content for that. And that all came about through being consistent with me starting it out myself. Mm. Interesting. I, I love how, you're, Dan, your story is incredible. How Thanks, one thing leads to another and then you, you, you find the need in this niche and then boom, you supplement it. I just love listening to your story and it gives me goosebumps and I'm just excited uh, for you because you're just so young and you're just getting started. I feel like you probably, you probably feel Dan, like you haven't even started and Gabe and I are looking at you like, Oh my God, this guy's awesome. Dude, so, it's funny. Like it was saying like, so it interrupted just like to the point we don't know. I didn't think I was going to have a production company like five, six years ago. Yeah. Like I didn't think that. So like now yeah. that we have that just proof of like this, as you continue to grow opportunities present themselves if you're consistent. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, to, to your point, right, Gabe and I, I, was ju I just told Gabe this yesterday. I'm like, Gabe, I was looking at our very first few episodes and man, that was cringy. Like I'm looking at it. I'm like, Gabe, can we delete that? Because we did a terrible job. It was but bad. Like, oh my God, the lighting was <laughs> awful. The sound was terrible. My background was 
horrendous. I'm like, Gabe, how did we, how did we publish that? And now look at where we are today, very far from where we want to be, but we're, we're going at it. And Gabe and I, we didn't know what a podcast was. Like I wouldn't listen to any when we started, but we're like, let's just, let's just get on the mic and let's just talk. Right. And so many people, right. Going back to your point, uh, Dan, about action, action, action. And before we, we finish up here and we're, we're we're wrapping up now, you know, a lot of people in our industry of Gabe and I, where it's about mindset and hustle and entrepreneurial and, and, you know, that kind of world that Gabe and I cater to, a lot of people sometimes ignore the health side of it or the, the healthy eating uh, part of, of this culture of entrepreneurship and everything. For some reason, people leave it out because they might not think it's important. Gabe and I, we say it all the time. If you don't have health, you don't have anything. If you're not healthy, you can't be the best chef in the world. If you're not healthy, you can't go to the gym. You can't be the best brother, the best sister, the best boyfriend. Health is number one. Without that, you have nothing. You have no money. You have nothing. So Gabe and I, we understand the importance of nutrition, of eating healthy, of working out. And we try to incorporate it into our messaging because that's number one. That's priority. So we've had nutritionists on, but we've never had a chef uh, like yourself. And, and we're glad that we finally have you on. And, you know, the question, Dan, is how important do you think healthy eating, healthy habits are for your mindset, for that entrepreneurial, that's hustle, 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 that CEO that's working hard nine to five, like just grinding it out that maybe is skipping a meal or maybe not eating the best, the best kind of uh, nutrition. What, what's your advice on that point? How can entrepreneurs like ourselves stay motivated, stay focused when it comes to nutrition? So we've heard the saying, put your mask on first. If you can't put your mask on first, you can't help anyone else. If you can't take care of your health, you can't take care of your team in a work environment, you can't take care of your family. You're going to be doing it half-assed, right? So the way I look at this, and it's around performance. Now, performance has been seen as such a athletic term. Every day you perform. You perform when you're beating your heart. You perform when you lift your arm to go grab a pencil. You're performing when you're thinking of a task that you have to do. So there's all forms of performance in what you do. Now, a lot of that is, you know, we factor in sleep, which has an effect on our mindset, our gut, obviously, as well. We know that food has a direct correlation with our mindset through the fact that if we eat correctly, we're going to look after the gut, which are the gut microbiomes in there specifically, which in turn have a relationship through the vagus nerve directly to the brain. And then you've got all the physical benefits as well through nutrition, digestion, etc point is it is absolutely pivotal that you eat the best that you can to perform at your best and that does not mean you have to be on a field on a basketball court or a tennis court at the end of the day if you are someone who's trying to perform and grow as the best dad as the best mom as the best ceo as the best team leader as the best person at your job or in whatever you are doing you have to be looking after your health and that's what I'm saying. It's like nothing to do with you being a professional athlete. Now, what's the action behind that? We have to be realistic because I'm, you know, a young dude living with my puppy and my partner, and that's our responsibility, right? I may be talking to a single mom. I could be speaking to a dad of three kids, his Fortune 500 company, and, you know, he has a massive team to look after. So everybody's responsibilities are going to be different. There is not one way to ride this road. So what we have to do is be realistic to what is achievable for us. Sleep, super important. Food, are you going to eat 
the food that I prescribe, maybe you may like it. You may not. You may think it's achievable through cooking. You may not have the time. You may enjoy the food or you may be allergic to it. So the magic source here is after a few things I can, I can send, if you subscribe to my newsletter, I can send more information on this, but effectively your roadmap is your roadmap. So identify that health is pivotal in helping your performance. Second to take action is just simply working on what works for you. Eating correctly, eating whole foods, getting enough hydration, a lot of water, moving, you know, those kind of things, meditating, absolutely pivotal. But again, it's got to be realistic to what you can do in a day. Yeah, I think, like you mentioned, performance, uh, even for me, I'm guilty of it. I always thought the performance, oh, you got to be an ultra marathon runner. You're probably an NBA athlete. Yeah. But it's it's true. All of us are performing at something at some point in our days. And I have so many friends, even myself, where, where I've maybe neglected sleep to get, get an assignment done, to get work done, you know, getting four or five hours of sleep. You know, it happens to all of us. You know, you're raising your hand and it's, it's so true. And that's something I feel like our our culture now, I think, are, is starting to kind of get the idea, especially with COVID and everything. Burnout is something that has been very prevalent in mental health in our society. And I think that there's so much that people can learn and incorporate with their nutrition, with their health, um, to be able to balance that and to be able to avoid things like burnout, especially if you are, you know, in in a position of leadership or in, in a position that you're always on strenuous stress and you're always going 100 miles an hour. But I think that's so important. And I actually want to ask you before we wrap up here, we were kind of talking about it uh, off the air, but you had the the privilege to kind of collaborate with Robbie Ballinger uh, a couple weeks back. He did this crazy challenge to try to outrun a tesla model 3 you not only paced him and, and kind of helped him uh you know throughout the run but you were also in charge of his nutrition um what was that like again taking into consideration that this is you know what we're talking about this is the the ultra marathon runner that is probably not the vast majority of of people in our culture but how was that experience for you and how important was it for you to keep him you know on track to be able to hit his goals and to be able to accomplish that that uh, that goal, yeah. So at ten thousand, we're all about helping you be better than yesterday. That's what our mantra is there. And Robbie is someone who constantly is pushing the envelope. Right? He did the Colorado Crush. He up until about two months ago uh, created or lapped credited. What well, he did the most amount of laps around Central Park within a twenty-four hour period, I believe it is. Um, or when the period of the park is currently open for one day. He's just an absolute animal. And let me preface that he's got a beautiful wife in Shelley who just supports him like nothing else. And, um, you know, when I wasn't doing nutrition, she was there more than I was, to be honest, as I was pacing him. So and then we had, you know, Hella Sadibe there. We had, you know, we were goods there. And like, you know, there was, there was a bunch of us there to support. So I wasn't the only one there. But what I would say is the whole experience really – really define what it's like to be in a whole other world of mental pain. I was at a position where like day one, you, you know, you'll be able to see the video, I think July. So just check out on 10,000s uh, notifications. You'll see the pain he's in, in the middle of the Austin sun on day like one, right? My job was just to get honestly at that point, just calories into him. And seeing him, talking to him, breaking it down with him in the second, like this is the this is the shit that I love. This is my Super Bowl. I'm like, I'm there going, 
all right, bro, talk to me. How are you feeling? What the, like, what's going on? Where you saw, like, and everything. He would just talk to me. So my job was to adjust. I'm like, okay, he needs more sodium. He needs more carbs. He's not having, he's not digesting it properly. Let's take out all the fat. Like everything, it's like what I was built for was for that time. And it was absolutely incredible. The same thing I could say when I was with Lindsay Vaughn at the Olympics, like you are in your Super Bowl element. So for this event, it was absolutely incredible to be a part of it. I was... The, the funniest thing, and like the, one of the biggest takeaways is like I ran two and a half marathons over two days. So I did a marathon and then I did a half marathon and then I did a marathon again on the third day. And I was, I think I had a collective, uh, I think out of those three days, I had about 12 hours of sleep collectively. Now that sounds stupid, right? Yeah. Robbie did 200 and something stupid miles on like four hours of sleep. So like here I am going, I'm a bit tired. Like I'm like, I'm like you know like i'm telling the rest of ten thousand who like dc how you doing i'm like i'm not gonna tell them because yeah. if they tell robbie robbie's like fuck you dude you kidding? sorry if i swear but like you know like dude yeah. are you kidding me so i'm like i'm like no nah, i'm good i'm sweet i'm absolutely awesome slucking back a, another super yeah. coffee and i'm just like <laughs> no, no no i'm good at the end of it i came back here like when i go back to new york i crashed i caught a facetime robbie and he's like i'm like bro how are you and he's like oh man i'm pretty good he's like how are you i'm like oh man i still can't even say it <laughs> but the oh, whole the whole experience was just incredible to be running you know like that with the guys and and yeah it was uh we had we had a lot of obstacles in that thing we had to find out yeah. as well like talking about failures or obstacles in that three days we had a lot hmm Mm, interesting. Dan, I want to thank you so much for your time, for joining us. Your your story is absolutely incredible. And we're excited because, like I said, you're just getting started. If, if, in fact, you even, even started already. Uh, so we are here in your corner. Uh, if you're ever down in Miami, you have two new friends here, uh, two family members here that will take care of you. We'll, we'll show you around the Michelin restaurants that we got going down in Miami that just got awarded uh, this month. That's so we got, awesome. we got some good cuisine down here in Miami and we love to show you around and, and nothing. Thank you for sharing your story. Appreciate guys. Keep being epic. Awesome, man. Thank you again. And before we wrap up, where can our, our listeners find you? Where can they go eat some good food in New York? Uh, where are you at? <laughs> yeah, man. So you uh, can follow me on Instagram, Dan underscore Churchill. Um, and if you go to my website, danchurchill.com, uh, you can sign up for the newsletter. You can get in contact with us there. The We just released another ebook, which we do. They're free. Um, and this one's actually about how to build muscle on a plant-based diet. So I'm not plant-based. Nice. I was for 10 weeks. Um, but yeah, you can go check that one out and we'll send you some other goodies as well. So, uh, yeah, go check it out. Awesome. Thank you again, Dan. What is up everyone? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the mindset podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode with our rockstar guest. If you were listening to this episode, make sure to check us out on YouTube for the next one. And please make sure to leave us a five-star review and share this episode with friends, family, even your pets. And we'll see you all at the next episode.